Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the Cannon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, SB Nation's blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. As of this podcast, the Blue Jackets are tied for the first wild card and are five points back of second in the Metropolitan. Last night, the Blue Jackets played the Vancouver Canucks and pulled off an amazing come-from-behind win. We'll talk about that the week ahead as the Blue Jackets embark on their annual Western Canadian swing, and it appears that maybe the team is finally starting to get a little bit healthy. I am William Chase, and joining us this week are Eric Seeds. Eric, what's up, man? Hey, Will. How's it going? And Rachel Buells. Rachel, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. You guys are both at the game. Uh, Eric, I'll let you go ahead and start first. What were your thoughts? Or I guess you had an, you had an eventful day yesterday, so you can kind of talk about that a little bit also. Yeah. Um, by the time... I got to Nationwide Arena. It was the third sporting event I'd been to yesterday. Uh, me and a couple buddies, we went and saw the crew game and the uh, Ohio State men's basketball game. Much more to come on this in an article I'm writing uh, for Tuesday. But it, it was a lot of fun. So by the time we got to Nationwide, uh, we were paying all of our hopes for a successful day on the Columbus Blue Jackets. And what could possibly go wrong there? <laughs> but, uh, but we got... Uh, so, you know, the first two periods weren't all that great. The Jackets were kind of, were outshot, outskated, basically just outplayed by the Vancouver Canucks for 40 minutes. And it got to the point that we were walking back up to our seats for the third period, and we looked at the usher and we're like, do we really have to do this? Like, please don't make us watch the rest of this. And then the Blue Jackets came out and decided to be the Blue Jackets from last year's Tampa series and not the Blue Jackets we've seen for the last couple weeks. Because they just destroyed Vancouver all over the ice. Um, I think the highlight of the entire third period for me was some guy calling Zach Wierenski a bum. And then Wierenski immediately <laughs> forcing a turnover uh, and feeding Ryan Murray, who uh, fed Riley Nash for the goal. And then about a minute and a half later, Wierenski scored a goal of his own. So I just want to say a shout, give a special shout out to that fan who uh, was made to look like a fool in almost real time. But... Yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot of fun last night. Uh, it was really nice to see the team come back and win. Um, it was really, really nice to see the power play actually do something for once in the uh, recent memory. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't. I didn't. You know, yeah, I wish they would have started faster. I guess, but if I'm, I'm not going to pick nits if they, after what we just watched in the third period last night. It's it was the Blue Jackets getting back to their game, uh, skating fast, skating with purpose, uh, getting shots on net, and forcing Vancouver to make mistakes and uh, and protecting uh, Jonas Corposalo in the third period. And that's what the Blue Jackets need to get back to if they're going to continue this playoff push here. <sighs> Well, let's see. We got scored on what in less than one minute, like into the game. So yeah, it was up- fun. <laughs> <laughs> I I was up sitting with Jeff, and we were both just like, "Oh my god, can we leave now? Like, is this over?" Well, I'm pretty sure I said that. I don't think he said that, but <laughs> he was he was not looking forward to the West Coast trip. You know, if they were just coming off this like weekend. So, um, and then. In the third period, what we were down three to one, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this is hard to watch." Like I was having just deja vu from Friday night, um, which was obviously so ugly, and um, and then just all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh my god," because you know, after the game, I depending on who wins, I have to be at a different spot in the arena, and it all like changed so fast. So I'm like booking it down to the Zamboni tunnel um, when it looked like we were going to win. So that was exciting. And then, I mean, literally, I don't remember exactly what he said, but when Jody Shelley interviewed Zach after the game, like on the bench, he was just like, yeah, I don't even know what to say. That was crazy. Like it was just, I don't think anyone saw it coming, but you would have thought that they had it all planned out because they looked so cohesive in the third period. But it was like, well, then who the hell was playing the first two periods? Cause it didn't even look, like the same team. So that's, that's what I thought. It was an unprecedented and exciting. I actually want to say that I was sitting um, next to Donnie DiCaprio, who's the team videographer. And he was telling me, cause I was just being negative and he's like, Rachel, just wait, like give, he goes, be quiet so that you don't ruin any of my audio. And then he literally like <laughs> filmed, I think, I think it was Riley Nash's goal. And then it, I'm like, oh my god! He literally manifested it into existence. It was amazing. So he totally, I'm gonna credit him with that win because he literally predicted it and it came true, like as it was happening. So um, <laughs> it was really exciting. It was a good game to be at, especially after the last yeah, one we had to endure. Yeah, and you mentioned the the horrible game against the Wild on Friday, and the they lost to the Wild twice over the last week. So I'm curious see if this team maybe has a tur- has kind of evolved or maybe found some kind of uh, turning point heading into their Western Canadian swing starting Wednesday, or if it's still going to be more like what we saw last Tuesday and uh, Friday against the Wild. A- after this kind of emotional win, a big win for them in the standings, even though this team has been struggling mightily, the rest of the division has been struggling as well. So they're still able to hang around, even though they've lost you know, it was like 9 out of 10, and it was just looking ugly after a game like Friday. So what do you guys kind of think about as this team heads out west to uh, Calgary for Wednesday's game? I don't really know what to expect. I guess Elvis is traveling with the team, so it'd be really nice to get him back. Uh, obviously, Cam isn't traveling. He was limping around pretty good at the uh, season ticket holder event on Sunday or on Saturday afternoon. Um, he was walking with a pretty noticeable limp, and I guess he's not really close to returning. I don't really know. Obviously, and obviously the team also lost Nathan Gerby for a couple weeks with a uh, groin strain. So who really knows what to expect? Last year, the Western Canada trip in March kind of brought the team together and they went on their uh, run to the playoffs and 
over the Tampa Bay Lightning after this trip. Uh, everyone's heard the story by now of how Torts held that practice in a little tiny rink, trying to just get back to basics. But I don't know if motivational tricks work more than once. So I guess we'll see what happens here. Really, the Jackets probably need to come back with at least four of six points on this trip. Uh, it'd be really nice if they could beat Vancouver and Calgary, who's been kind of struggling of late. Beating Edmonton's kind of a tall task with the way McDavid and Dreisaitl are playing right now. Dreisaitl just crossed the 100-point mark, and now McDavid's back from injury. So I don't super know what to expect here from this team going out west. It'd be just Like I said, it'd be nice to see if they could build a little bit on this, get Elvis back from injury kind of play a little more cohesive, a little more cohesive like we saw in the third period we saw them like like we like Rachel said skating with purpose uh skating together so let's hopefully we just see more of that at this point this year what do you think about this upcoming trip going out west I feel like I have similar expectations as you seeds like I, I obviously four out of six points would be amazing but I just am again with kind of the fluctuating injuries. Um, it'd be cool if, I don't know, how do we feel about Corpusalo? Like, I'm, I don't know if he has quite shaken off the rust yet. And like, I love him and want him to be fine, but I was pretty nervous last night. And then obviously Friday was um, not great either. So, I mean, I want Elvis to be back and just have two kind of starting goalies in rotation, but if they need to be, but I just, um, I feel like it's been literally so obvious that Seth Jones has been injured, um, that it's not like the jackets, you know, even when they're having one of their games where they're not able to score, it's not like they have some solid defense to fall back on, like without him. So not that it's not solid, but it's not the same standard of solid. So uh, it's just hard to say. I feel like these games have been such a toss up lately. Like, and, and, and it's always, it's also not just like, um, like a mild toss up. It's like this polarized extreme one direction or the other. So it's just hard to ever know what to expect. Yeah. Rachel, you, uh, you mentioned one Elvis or Corpus Allo, And I was pretty worried about last night, especially after a Friday. Cause granted the defense hung him out to dry pretty bad on yeah. Friday, but he, he also botched of one or two that I thought he probably should have had. And, you know, first half of the season, Corpus Allo probably had, but, uh, yeah, like you said, Seth Jones being missing is awful. And if there's anything this injury has taught us, it's uh, Seth gets paid whatever he wants on his next contract extension because he's so important to this team. Like uh, Jeff tweeted something last night that was uh, the 10th straight game where the Jackets have given up three goals. And I quote tweeted and said, not so coincidentally, this is the 11th straight game without Seth Jones. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. I think that's why I saw that. And I was like, <laughs> Like, exactly. That's just literally sums up all of the issues that the team's having right now. It's like, he's the common denominator in whether or not the team is doing well or doing poorly. Yeah, hot hot take, guys. Seth Jones, good at hockey. <laughs> yeah, super hot. I don't think anyone else feels that way. <laughs> you know, it was funny. When you mentioned about the Oilers, um, that is a scary kind of game for Columbus just because of how good Dreisaitl, I mean, he leads the league in points with 102, and then you have Connor McDavid, like you mentioned, coming off injury, but he's still Connor freaking McDavid, um, and going back to last season when Edmonton was awful, they still killed Columbus, combining uh, a score combined of 8-1 to one within less than a month apart, so I'm not looking forward, well, 
it'll be interesting to see how they can con- try to contain both Dreisaitl and McDavid. Uh, and then talking about Corpus Allo, you guys were at the game, so you probably didn't catch this, but Jody Shelley mentioned on the broadcast that, you know, just because Corpus Allo's back, um, and they'll, it, even if he's healthy and, you know, getting back into his game, there's still that, whether it's the positioning or Elaine mentioned it in our Slack over the last week, um, just, you know, trying to get back into his, uh, his game from the mental aspect and, making sure like if the, if the opposition is trying to take him down or what, you know, basically trying to get that positioning back down too. So that's a good point to think, or just to keep in mind, I guess, because even though you could be, I mean, I guess the same goes for all of us too. When he comes back, hopefully he's able to, I mean, I'm not going to expect him to have a shutout, you know, first game back, but hopefully he's going to be ready to roll. And if he is ready to come back sooner than, uh, Corpusalo did. Hopefully, his positioning. I mean, it won't take as long for him. Hopefully, to get back into his groove. But um, one last thing I was that I think I saw from Jeff Sabota on Twitter was last night's win was like the Blue Jackets' fourth ever win in which they were down multiple goals less than eight minutes to go. So kind of crazy that they were able to not just win that game but do it the way that they did, scoring four in the third period and kind of making that comeback. But uh, with this Canadian swing coming up, it's a pretty important, obviously a pretty important road trip coming up against three of the three of the better teams in the Pacific Division. And uh, Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver are all just a point apart from each other as they all battle for playoff positioning. And with the Blue Jackets, this is they have nine road games this month. They have only five home games left for the rest of the regular season. So it's definitely going to be, you know, points or a premium to say the least, or obviously the understatement. But how do you guys, I guess, how do you guys feel beyond this Western Canadian swing? We have guys coming back, like uh, obviously Winberg came back over the weekend. Riley Nash didn't miss much time. What do you guys feel about the team? I know the before last night it was looking pretty bleak, and hopefully they're starting to get healthy. But do you? feel like there's maybe a playoff run somehow in this team just because they're starting to get healthy potentially or do you still feel kind of negative about or do things still feel bleak I guess in your guys' mind first of all speaking of points uh, we're ahead of every team in the Pacific except Vegas which is just irritating Um, I just wanted to point I just wanted to get that on the record that we'd be second in the Pacific right now behind only the Vegas Golden Knights um we'd be ahead of every team on this Western Canadian swing. Uh, as far as going forward, do I think there is a playoff run? Um, yes. If, and only if this team starts scoring goals consistently and as many as we saw last night, as we just talked about a couple minutes ago, Seth Jones is gone until potentially the playoffs. And that is a massive, 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 massive loss. Like I cannot understate how, obviously I don't need to understate how massive losing Seth Jones is. It's nice that the rest of the Metro is losing. It's, I don't know. They've got guys hurt. Uh, JG Pajot got hurt. Chris Kreider got hurt. Um, obviously the Carolinas down a couple goaltenders and some defensemen. Uh, every team in the Metro has been on a lo- little losing streak here, except the Flyers, who I'm pretty sure are never losing again. Uh, <laughs> I think the, um, I think the Jackets can make the playoffs, but it'd be really nice to just... They need to start scoring consistently and finding some pieces who can score. 
one one player that really impressed me last night, it, I and I, I, frankly, I thought he was our best forward through most of the game last night was Kevin Stenland. Uh He was he was it looked like he was all over the ice. He was making plays happen. Try, he was you know seemed to always be around the Vancouver net. I, I was honestly seriously impressed with him. I thought he played well. It was nice to get Winberg back, even though my stance on his offensive contributions to the team is extremely well known at this point. <laughs> um, and uh, we 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 didn't we haven't even talked about getting uh, Ryan Murray back. Ryan that's Murray what I was going to say. Well, last week. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. yeah. Take take it away, Rachel. He had some really like I I feel like when he's healthy, which is so far and you know few and far between little stretches where we get him healthy. But I I just felt like last night I noticed him contributing in a way that I don't usually notice and I think probably everyone was like kind of primed to notice him because he was back after a long period of time but um I thought he he not only played well but like made happen so it was nice to see him back and um contributing but yeah good point about Stenland he was also uh I loved his fall after the first goal and then just like I don't know I just all the replays of that were were goofy but he he was, was awesome uh, yeah, he really stepped. He has been stepping up. He and Gerby, I mean, all of those guys. Some guy at the game, I don't, I don't think it was. Oh, it was a photographer at the game on um, Friday. He's like, oh, yeah, huh, huh. it's the Columbus. We're watching the Columbus Monsters. It's the Columbus Monsters. I'm like, oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> Just kidding. But, anyways, he, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, so what? Like, they're, I mean, what, what are you going to do with all these? So, just speak to your question about a, what a playoff run would look like at this point. I'm kind of, I think Eric said what needed to be said about the path to getting to the playoffs, but the optimistic part of me is like thinking about how amazing it'll be if knock, knock on wood, if that happens and everyone's back to full or nearly everyone's back to full health, like literally for the first time this season. And then we just go into the playoffs like that'll be that has the potential to be like equivalently amazing to last year or even more so um it, when everyone's because I'm sure I mean I don't know it's hard to say I, I it's sad seeing Oliver and Seth like on their scooters and stuff and to see the guys limping but I know that they're you know I'm sure intensely rehabbing right now and like getting ready to be back given that this team can, can make it and can maintain this playoff position. So I don't know. We'll see. We were talking last night. How do we get Bjorkstrand and Seth to race their scooters at intermission? Can we make yeah. that a thing? <laughs> Definitely what we need to keep injuries at a minimum is to have the guys racing each other on their handicapped scooters. Either that or, uh, if, uh, you know, we have Elvis come back and then he jumps in the Felino's arms and something horrible happens there, but oh God, knock on wood. Here. Yeah, that is also really scary. The fact that, oh, that that has gone well is a blessing so far this season because they, I mean, God, that could be, that could literally be an injury. That would be terrible. I'm surprised that they let them continue to do it. Like, I'm surprised that the trainers aren't just like, listen, guys. <laughs> you're not really in a position right now with injuries where you can afford to take these like flying leaps into each other's arms after a game on ice, but whatever. It's That's cool. It, it makes for great video post game video content. Like I'm not complaining 
there, but it's definitely, uh, <laughs> it makes me a little nervous. You know, speaking of uh, Ryan Murray real fast, uh, that that little assist he had last night, I think, was to Riley Nash, right? That was that was a pretty sweet little move and pass that he made. I hope that he can actually stay healthy there. I had a tweet. What's the odds? I was like, what's the odds that he stays healthy the rest of the season? And no one on my tweet was very positive about it. I, mean, I can't mm-hmm. blame him, but uh, hopefully Murray, I mean, kind of offsets the uh, Seth Jones factor of not being there. So I hope you Murray can go a long way. So we'll see. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. We've got some breaking news here on the pod. We've got some breaking news here as we're recording. Um, the team just announced that Josh Anderson had season-ending surgery to his uh, repair a posterior tear of his on his left shoulder, and no! full recovery is expected four to six months. And you wonder if he's you wonder what that's going to be like with his next contract this summer because I mean it's already been contentious anyway, and now you have the injury, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. Yeah, that that really really sucks. <laughs> I don't I mean, have I, I, I really wasn't about. expecting Anderson back, but it just doesn't. I mean, now he now we know he's done. But right. do you guys think he even comes back the next season, or what do you guys think happens with that? I, I don't know. I mean, I had already. I, I don't remember where I read that that they thought he was going to need that surgery, and that it would obviously. I mean, shoulder surgeries are, are nothing that is like, oh, yeah, you know, four to six weeks. Like, that's going to be some an intense recovery. So I would hate to see him leave, but I guess I would understand the circumstances. Yeah, I don't want him to leave, but I would get it. Um, I honestly have no idea what to expect. Uh, contentions or negotiations were contentious the last time around. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens this year. Um but all the wishes, all the best wishes to Anderson in his recovery. I hope he can at least his his uh, he, this heals his shoulder. So yeah, best wishes, Josh. Hopefully next season Anderson will be healthy and you know back to his old self like we saw last season. For I guess for my final thought, I want to say the uh, the Jackets did a great, great job on Saturday with their season ticket holder event. Uh, I have this big like three 
three by five flag. I was able to take and have a bunch of players, including like Felino and Winberg sign. Uh, I also got my Nick Felino jersey signed after like three years, so that was really cool. Um, been meaning to get that done. So yeah, so that was so kudos to the Jackets for getting that event taken care of. Uh, we got to go see practice um, the morning after the Wild loss and got got to see them do some power play work, which obviously paid off on Sunday night. The Jackets were they were working on tip drills, they were working on. Uh, passing sequences on the power play and it worked out because the Jackets scored two power play goals to beat uh, Vancouver on Sunday night. So kudos to the practice for uh, paying off there. And uh, just one quick word on the Dayton Flyers are now up to number three in the country. So it's going to, and the the university of Dayton is hosting college game day for the first time in school history this weekend. So that'll be amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. I guess I was, I realized today, I think I saw, maybe it was in our Slack or maybe it was on Twitter, but I just feel like the season has been so tumultuous and it's been so long and so short at the same time, but there's only five home games left in the regular season. And I guess that for me, I mean, I'm obviously seeing all this, have been seeing all this playoff coverage, but I feel like it's getting really down to the wire at this point. And so it's been a really fun season to to keep up with them. No matter how, I mean, yeah, it's gonna suck if like these if this West Coast trip doesn't go the way we want it to, and you know whatever. But I, it's just the ups and downs that this team has been on this season. Like when you think back and reflect on it, it is like insane. Because last night after they won, I was just, like the energy in the arena last night was so much fun, and I know that they always say that, but like. Really, I do feel like in the third period, I don't know what changed. Like, it felt like two different games. Do you agree, Seeds? Like, the first two periods, and then, Absolutely. like... Absolutely. It was once, so... Once they, scored the, once they scored to make it 3-2, it was wild in there. Yes, it was crazy. So, and and they keep selling out games. Like, I think that was their 12th or 13th sellout as of recently. So, that was... I don't know. It's been fun. Even though they make me mad sometimes. So, I get that you can't help the injuries and you can't help the, some of it, but with, with what they're doing, what they can with what they have. Um, and that's cool. Yeah, definitely. It's like you said, it's been a, a fast season in a way. And it's like, wow, it's already March and almost done. Uh, so for my final thought, so I actually got to hang out with my friend, uh, Ryan Quigley, who does the hockey wilderness for the Minnesota wild SB nation page. So that was fun. Just kind of hanging out yesterday and, talking about SB Nation a little bit and just hockey in general. We watched the uh, Flyers-Rangers game, so that was cool to kind of meet up with another uh, SB Nation person. So, you know, check them out. He does a lot of gifts for their team, for the Wild and in general, the NHL. So it's kind of fun to kind of see what everybody else is doing and reading up and listening to everything. Our theme music is Green Eyes by Angela Pearly and the Howlin' Moons. If you haven't checked out Angela's newest album, 430, go listen. You can stream it all over, and you can find out more at AngelaPearly.com. Rate us and leave us a review on iTunes. And as always, we welcome your comments and questions. You can tweet at us at Cannon and comment on JacketsCannon.com. From all of us at the Cannon, thank you for listening. We'll see you all next week. Maybe.